This episode is in loving memory of the filmmaker Mary Bosakovsky. May this give you a giggle as you dance amongst the other stars. The following podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Are they forgetful or something? Huh? Never mind. Who's there? Knocking on my door. Who's there? Running across the floor. Who's there? Making a ruckus now. Who's that? Look, it's Billy. Billy, sit your ass down. This episode's cast in order of appearance will be Carl, Ed's business partner, Ed, Jessica's scoundrel of a husband, Lydia, his janky-ass side piece, Jessica, his long-suffering wife, Billy, his adoring son, the usher, Trish, and her husband, Harold, who is as whooped as the days are long. Here we go. Billy and Jessica slip into the back row of the theater to finish the movie after Ed's interruption. They laugh, eat popcorn, drink soda, and have a great time. Meanwhile, Ed, on the other hand, is angry, worried about what Lydia is going to do, and sexually frustrated because of what Lydia didn't do as he starts making his way home from the ill-fated partial trip to the city. He has missed a day of work, pissed off his woman, let me clarify, his side piece, and hasn't accomplished a blessed thing all day long. His phone rings again, and this time he decides to answer it. Ed? Yeah? Call. We expect you in bright and early tomorrow. Don't forget. Sure thing. Explaining to his wife why he had to work both Saturday and Sunday would be a bit of a challenge, but he would come up with something. At least he could find solace in the fact that he wouldn't have to go to church. Jessica was very understanding. They had one of those marriages that just worked. So why was he risking everything by sleeping with Lydia? As it conjured up by the mere thought of her, there was Fred, code for Lydia, on the phone. I didn't like how that ended. Neither did I. Meet me at Starbucks. That's in the opposite direction. And I've had such a day already. Besides, Jessica and Billy should be headed home soon. I think her phone is dead and she can't reach me. I need to go and wait for them at the station. What about me? You're never concerned about me. You've got a whole family at home for that, too. Shouldn't you be getting back to them? Anyway, it never was supposed to be serious between us, Lydia, and you know that. I thought after we rekindled things, you would change your mind and leave her. Excuse me? I'm the one you truly love. Have you lost it or something? You know you love me. You just need to be reminded how much. Love you? Whatever happened to adding a little spice to life? Uh, maybe we should cut this thing off. You know, before somebody really gets hurt. What if that somebody really getting hurt is Jessica? Oh, Lydia, stop with the dramatics. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. You remember how little Lacey Jenkins fell from the top of the pyramid senior year? So I had to take over as head cheerleader. You didn't really think that was an accident, <laughs> did you? Ah, you know me, Ed. I get what I want, no matter what. Call Fred. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. Call wife. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye. It didn't seem that any of the women in Ed's life were picking up the phone for him today. Lurching forward, white-knuckled behind the wheel, 
Ed screeches up to the garage door of his ranch house and bolts out of his car as if it were on fire. He waits for a message from his woman. I mean his wife this time. Meanwhile, in the city. That was such a heartwarming story. You mean about Jesus being born? No, I mean, yes, Jesus is heartwarming too. I loved it all. Let's just stop over here in the ladies' room before we go. Can I just wait for you here? Uh-uh, I already lost you once today. I'm not looking for round two. Well, can you send me in the bathroom with that guy? You mean the one that's eating a hot dog out of his pocket? I think not. Billy argues as he is dragged into the ladies' room against his will. Thoroughly embarrassed, he waits for his mom while random women pet him on the head like he's a pet schnauzer or something. On the way out of the theater, they remember that Jessica's phone was left charging at the concession stand. Hi, remember me, Mrs. Prattner? My husband called earlier. Uh-huh, and? I left my phone here to charge. Do you have it? I was wondering what that was doing there, sure. But it hasn't been charging. I was charging my phone. <laughs> Sorry. That's par for the course today. What? Nothing, dear. Thank you. You're welcome. It was no trouble at all. As they walk back toward the train station, Billy says the words his mother longs to hear by this time nearly every day. I'm sleepy. Are we going home now? Billy sleeps riding back to Penn Station and continues half asleep to the Long Island Railroad. Now that they are safely on the way home, Jessica is finally able to exhale. She did manage to make it through the excursion without having a conversation with Child Protective Services, although it was close for a minute there. This was the best day of my whole life. Everything was quiet as the weary travelers rested after their big forays into the city. Unfortunately, that click-clack of the stilettos walking down the train aisle seemed all too familiar. Maybe it was just a visceral reaction at this point. The baby hairs at the nape of Jessica's neck stood up. Could it really be Trish again? Hi. Despite the content of the show they'd seen earlier, apparently there was no God. And if he did exist, there wasn't anything merciful about him. Look, Harold, and you said lightning never strikes twice in one day. I was just telling him what a wonderful conversation we had on the way in. How do you like my hair and the dress? And look, new pumps. And wait until I tell you about the play, The Piano Lesson with Lawrence Fishburne. It was Samuel Jackson, dear. I know who it was. It was Lawrence Fishburne. Look at your playbill, if you don't believe me. It's right there. I guess it was Samuel Jackson. I wonder if that's ever happened before. <laughs> My point was that the show was so authentic. But look, here I am telling you what's authentic. That Fishburne. Jackson, Jackson, for the love of God. It's Samuel Jackson. He was like that, too, with so much conviction, such a presence. Shh! Honey, the kid is sleeping. He mounts sorry at Jessica. She wanted to say so am I, but thought that would be a bit much. As Trish begins to recount every last inch of the story, Jessica and Harold slip into a bit of a catatonic state. If the ride had been any longer, there would be drooling involved. Where did the time go? This is our stop coming up. As always, it was a pleasure. I meant it about Billy coming over. He's such a lovely little boy. And then we can hang out and talk for hours. Have a real get-together. We'll see. I'm taking over for Maria at the school soon. She's expecting, you know. 
She looks like an absolute cow. <laughs> Toodles. Trish is still audible as she whispers to Harold on the way out. She probably has to go to work. I'm so lucky to have you. Yes, you are. What was that? Nothing, dear. Uh-huh. As Billy and Jessica left the train, there was Ed, her lying, cheating husband, waiting there for her, unfaithfully, as always. That's the end of this installment. Tune in in two weeks to see what happens next. Billy, 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 a boom.